Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. So exciting news, Nourish, Eat, Repeat is three years old. How I came about remembering this birthday, in fact, I think I'm a couple weeks late if I'm being truly honest, is uh, this past week we had a partial power outage. Partial because some things worked and some things didn't, which I've never experienced before. Uh, My lights didn't work, but my TV did. My refrigerator worked, but my stove didn't. It was really, really odd. And it wasn't a full 24 hours, but the part that was the most inconvenient was our well did not work. And that's the hardest part when you don't have water. And so I'm running the kids up to our office to take showers. Um, You know, I bought gallons of water so we could wash our hands and brush our teeth. And thankfully, it was, like I said, it was about, I don't know, maybe 19 hours that we were without, but a major inconvenience. What was really interesting, though, is I got a notification on my Facebook memories that three years ago, we had experienced another power outage. That time, though, it was for five days. Like We had to go sleep in a hotel for some of it because, you know, you you need water. You can't just, um, you can't get by without water. And we didn't have the second location yet, so I didn't have a place to go get showers. But what was interesting is I had just started the podcast when we had that incident three years ago. So then I started thinking, I'm like, well, what are the chances we'd have a power outage to the day, three years apart. And then I started thinking, oh wait, the podcast started at that time. Oh wait, I've been doing this for three years. That's pretty exciting. So happy birthday to Nourish, Eat, Repeat. Uh, Today I actually want to revisit one of the topics that we talked about very, very early on in the podcast, and that is the scale. You know, it's been three years since we've had a conversation on the scale and, you know, should you weigh yourself? Should you not weigh yourself? Is it helpful? Um, What does research say? You know, it's different for every single person. There is no one universal answer for everyone. So today I thought we would just unpack the topic and discuss if weighing in is something that you should do or maybe you should pass on. Uh, And so I want you to think about what was your first memory around the scale? Mine, I know instantly, mine is watching my mom weigh herself every morning. So my mom worked full time and I would always watch her get ready in the morning. So we typically left the house together because she would drop us off at daycare Um, But I remember watching her get ready. She'd put on a dress and her heels. She'd curl her hair. She would do her makeup. And I loved watching my mom curl her hair and do her makeup. I was just so excited to be older so that I could do those things as well. 
which is kind of funny because now as I'm older and I'm thinking about it, I'm so low maintenance. You know, you know about me and my makeup. I, uh, I think I just started wearing makeup a year ago. And half the time I just straighten my hair because it's so much easier than curling it. So even though I loved watching my mom do it, I'm pretty much the opposite now that I'm older. But I remember the very last thing she did before she left the house was she got on the scale. She'd open up the closet door and by no means was this a walk-in closet. It was basically you could step on the scale uh, without hitting the shelves. Like there was not a lot of space, just enough space for an adult to stand inside the closet. And I couldn't see her face because she was always faced towards the closet, but I could see her shoulders. I could see when they would slump because she was disappointed or she was sad or, or felt discouraged or defeated. You know, I remember she would, she'd always stand on that scale and she would say, you know, I wanted to weigh a certain number fully dressed with her heels, her shoes, everything on. And some days that number would be closer than others and she would get off and she would be like okay let's go and she'd be have a smile on her face and be excited and then other days she was just disappointed and I remember at that very early age that that scale will make you feel things even though it's just a piece of electrical equipment that is measuring your gravitational pull on the earth at one moment in time, I knew it had more power than that. Right? I, in college, I worked for a gym and they had a monthly publication and I actually got to write an article for the magazine when I was in school. And it was all about the scale. It was all of, it was kind of a tongue in cheek, like, spoof on on weighing yourself you know like make sure you always weigh in after you go to the bathroom and you weigh in before you get in the shower not after because then your hair is wet and it probably weighs more Uh, make sure you don't have any jewelry on take your glasses off you know which is always funny because then you can't see the number Um, but it was a spoof on how we weigh ourselves almost how ridiculous it is and how it makes us feel. But truth be told, that is what I did. I watched my mom weigh herself every day, so that's what I did. I bought myself a scale, and when that broke, I bought myself another one, and I would weigh myself every single morning. And it's almost like intellectually we know the number is just a number. It shouldn't mean anything, but our heart doesn't get the message, right? There's like, Yeah, I know it shouldn't mean anything, but it does. And the scale also has this weird magnetic power calling us every single morning. We'll just just see what it is. Let's just see what it is. I'm sure sure it's good or it's got to be better than the last time. And you did so good yesterday. I'm sure it's going to validate you. You know, or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe it's like, well, let's see how much you screwed up yesterday. We're just going to see the number so that way we can ridicule yourself or punish yourself um, so that we can make better choices today so we can get that scale number going in the right direction. Right? Like I said, intellectually we know probably not a great idea, but the heart and how we feel take over and we felt compelled to see that number. I know I did every day. I had to see how I did. 
And for years, that's how I lived my life, right? All through school, high school, all through college, a little bit into our first couple years of getting married. Um, And then one day, Jim threw the scale out. So I know I've shared this story maybe a few times before, but if you're new here, uh, it bears repeating. So my two boys are 15 months apart, and I'm going to guess somewhere around when they were seven and eight or eight and nine, somewhere around there, um, my second son, Parker, became taller than Jake, and Jake did not like it. So the only thing he had on Parker, because he didn't have height, was weight. So he's like, yeah, well, at least I weigh more than you. So Parker took that as a challenge and started eating so he could surpass Jake in weight. And when he did, Jake decided to flip the script and was like, yeah, well, at least I'm not fat like you. Which, as you can imagine, was really confusing for Parker because he was like, hey, wait a second. You, you thought, I thought we were trying to you know, compete who was heavier. And now you're telling me now that I'm heavier that that's wrong. And I will tell you, I did not know all of this until afterwards, until we got the whole story. So I don't want you to think I condone this behavior. Um, It's just something that happened. All right. So Jake tells Parker, at least I'm not fat like you. Now Parker wants to lose weight. And apparently it was, I don't think I noticed it that much. Um, because it was a long time ago. I'm really trying hard to think back. But Jim noticed that one day Parker hardly ate anything for lunch and then immediately went upstairs. So Jim followed him and here Parker was weighing himself. And he was like, what are you doing? He was like, I'm just making sure I didn't gain any weight from lunch. And Jim was like, oh, oh, no, 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 we don't do that. Like you eat to fuel your body And um, you're going to grow and you're going to get bigger. And that is okay. Like that is what you're supposed to do. And so he took the scale and he threw it out. And I was like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing there? And he told me the story and I was like, oh gosh. Oh, absolutely. No, we cannot have the scale here. 100% backed him up. Totally agreed with what he did. But inside I was panicking. Because my thoughts are, what the heck, right? What am I going to do? How am I supposed to know my number? How am I supposed to know if I'm doing okay? How am I supposed to know if I'm going the wrong direction? How am I supposed to know if I gain 20 pounds if I can't see the number every day? And so I must have said something. I don't know if I went into all that drama, probably not in front of Jim, but I was like, well, how am I supposed to know what I weigh? And he's like, "Um, you go to the office and you weigh yourself. And in the back of my head, I'm like, no, that's never going to work because you have to weigh yourself first thing in the morning, like after you go to the bathroom, before you get a shower. I'm not going to drive all the way to work, which at the time was like 12 minutes away. I'm not going to drive into work, take all my clothes off, weigh myself, put my clothes back on, drive home, and then get a shower. That's ridiculous. And he kept looking at me like, I don't understand what you're saying. Why would you not just weigh yourself when you go in for your shift if you need to know your weight? And in my head, I'm screaming because that is not going to be my lowest number. I'm already going to have drink water. I'm going to have clothes on. I can't take my clothes off at work. That's inappropriate. And I'm panicking and I'm realizing, oh my goodness, 
you got to stop. This is not healthy. This is not okay. Right? This power that I spoke of earlier of the scale, you know, not only did I feel this call and this need to be on it all the time, but it was affecting my mood. Right? You know, it's like if you do all the things and the scale validates that, you're on top of the world. You feel great. But if you don't do all the right things and the scale goes in the opposite direction, you feel terrible. Right? It ruins your mood for the day. At least it did for me. Right? And then there were times where the scale was just downright confusing. Right? Where you didn't do what you were supposed to do or you might have overate the day before and you get on the scale the next day and it doesn't move. Right? And then all of a sudden your brain's like, huh, I got away with it. Wonder if I can get away with that again. Or worse, you do all the things, you make all the changes, you eat the right foods, you exercise, you portion control, you do everything you're supposed to do and the scale doesn't move at all. And you're like, what the heck? Why am I even bothering? I'm making myself miserable and nothing is working. Why would I even do this? I might as well just eat what I want. Right? Like that's where it got confusing. And I realized I'm like, I don't like the way I feel when I step on this. Now, getting on the scale is a very common practice, right? I mean, most of the times when we go to the doctor, they weigh us. Sometimes when we go to the, um, like a specialist, they weigh us, like the gynecologist would always weigh me. Uh, eye doctor never weighed me. I don't see a reason for that anyway. But sometimes there are specialists that weigh in and um, there's really no reason for it, right? Uh, for our practice, sometimes we need a height and weight to bill medically. Uh, but a lot of times in my practice, I ask my clients, would you like us to monitor your weight in the office? Because I don't want the scale to be a source of, of frustration, or I don't want the scale to stir up disordered eating patterns for my clients, especially if they're working on other habits. So I always leave it up to my clients to decide if they want to weigh in or weigh in or not. Right. I like to focus on the habits and let the results fall as they do. But some people are conditioned like I was for many years to this need to know what the number is. Right. Um, I have some people that take off their glasses. <laughs> I have some people, you know, that they, they go to the bathroom first. I get it. Right. I, I, I did all those things. Right. And so sometimes I even struggle for the ones that do want to weigh in. Do I weigh in at the very beginning of the, of the session? Because sometimes depending on what that result is, that client will not listen to a thing I, I say and they won't be engaged in the conversation for the whole time that they're there because they're obsessing over the number. So then sometimes I like to wait to the end to weigh in just so that we can actually talk about habits. Uh, but some of my clients are so distracted waiting and worrying about the number that it's, it's better just to get it over at the beginning. Or if we do it at the end, then we don't have time to, to break it down and talk about it afterwards. So this scale thing is just a pain in the butt. It's always getting in the way. Um, 
And even as a clinician, sometimes I struggle with what is the best way. I'm always trying to read my clients and, you know, only do what is helpful in the moment. And so again, for some people that's weighing in and for others, it's not. And everybody is different. And what works for you is the only thing that matters. So if you go to a doctor and you don't want to know your weight, that is your, that's your prerogative. You can go on a scale backwards and you can ask the nurse not to tell you the number. You can put a note in your chart. I don't want to be weighed, right? Um, if you're going to see us as dietitians, tell your dietitian what your preference is. We want to honor that. We don't want it to be a source of angst for you, uh, especially when you're trying to work on positive changes. All right. So I often get the question, you know, what should I weigh? Right. And I'm not quite sure if they're referring to the charts, like the BMI charts, the ideal body weight charts. But I'll be honest with you. I don't know what you should weigh. Because I don't think that health is defined by a specific number. I think all of us are different. And if our focus is on changing our health behaviors to be better versions of ourselves, then our weight is going to settle in wherever it does. I mean, there's this thing called a weight set point. Just like you can't control your shoe size, you can't control your height, your genetics predispose you to a certain weight range. And that doesn't mean you can't change the weight range, but there's a number where your body likes to settle and, and feels good at, you know, there's probably like a 10 to 15 pound range within that set point number. But I know, you know, for myself, sometimes I can lose weight, but then I eventually gain a couple pounds up back to my set point. And then there's times where I might overeat and gain a couple pounds. And then I naturally go back down to my set point. You don't get to choose your set point. But what I will tell you is a healthy weight for you is one where you can move your body the way you want to without pain. Um, for me, I, you know, I like to say it's a body where you're not taking any medications related to your weight. Um, one where you feel good, you have energy, you sleep well. And the thing is, all of those can happen whether you're 125, 155, or even 205. Because again, your health is not measured by your number on the scale. There are many other factors that influence health other than a scale weight. The reason the physicians use it is because it's easy, right? It's just how tall are you? How much do you weigh? That's a simple calculation anybody can do. And it's pretty non-invasive. Nobody's using body fat calipers. Nobody is trying to wrap their arms around you and measure your waist size. All you have to do is step on a scale and measure height. And we have a general idea. We've been using it forever. Now, the scale can tell us information. You know, if the scale has gone up and you have not done anything different, that may be concern that, hey, we need to look into this a little bit more, run more tests. And same thing, the opposite. If you start losing weight unintentionally, 
you know, that's a red flag that, hey, something's going on. Let's look into this deeper. So there is some value in getting the number, but it's not the end all be all. Right. What's also interesting when it comes to the scale is we have this number in our head that we think we should weigh. And I want you to think about what is the significance of that number. For some of you, it's what you weighed when you got married. For some of you, it's what you weighed before you had kids. For some of you, it's what you weighed in high school. And let's just be honest for a second. You know, if you're in your mid-40s or 50s or somewhere around there and you're still going back to what you weighed when you were 20, maybe we need to have a conversation about that. Right? Maybe we need to think about you're not a 20-year-old. Why do you think you should have a 20-year-old body? Now, I'm not saying you can't have goals and you can't work towards things, but those charts are not geared for people that are older. They're not. You know, if your ideal body weight is saying you should weigh 115, you know, for most people as they get older, you know, you're going to tack on a 20 or 30 pounds to that. And so what is the significance of that number that you're holding on to? You know, what I think is also interesting is when you were 20, you might have thought that your weight was too high then, right? You go back and you look at pictures and you're like, oh, I used to think I was so fat then, but I actually look so good. I would kill for that weight right now. So you notice we're never really satisfied. And our view of ourselves can be skewed, right? We can have body dysmorphia where we see ourselves as, as larger than what we are, right? And so I want you to think about what is that number you're striving for and is it even realistic, right? Now, what does the science say about weight loss and the scale? So I went to an obesity conference a few years back and we had a, excuse me, a psychologist on the stage and he said that the research shows that you should weigh yourself every day. And I thought 2,000 women were going to storm the stage that day. I feared for that man's life. And I was always curious. I'm like, the research says that you should weigh yourself every day, but were they weighing men or were they weighing women? Because men typically have a different view and mindset around the scale than women. Not saying all of them do, but a lot of times they do. They're able to make it much more objective. Whereas females have this gift of making everything mean something, right? I love it when I, I talk to my teenage boys because I'll ask them a question. Um, I remember when my son was dating a girl, I'd be like, oh, where did you go? What did you order? Where did you sit? What did she order? What did you do after? Did you open the door? What did she wear? What were you wearing? What was your conversation like? And he would give me minimal information. He'd be like, we went to Zoe's kitchen. She got chicken. I got the same. We went to the movies after. That was it. Right? It was boring. He didn't give me any information. I wanted to know, was she excited when he picked her up? And, you know, I wanted to know all the fun details. And he just kept it very simple. 
you know, wouldn't it be interesting if we could be very simple when it comes to the scale instead of making it mean all these things that it doesn't? Almost like looking at the scale as reading the temperature every day. Our kids well, are the, well, Jake and Parker, let's be honest, because Ben doesn't have any money. Uh, but Jake and Parker bought Jim and I a, I don't know, one of those Google things where you say, hey, Google, and ask it a question. It's not Alexa, um, but it's the Google version. I, I forget what it's called. Um, all of you listening are like, yep, I know exactly what that is, but not me. Um, so anyway, every morning I'm like, Hey Google, what's the temperature today? And he'll be like, the temperature is 74 degrees. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm taping this in my bedroom. And as I just said that Google responded what the temperature was today. Cause I just said it out loud. That's funny. Um, so I don't really have a strong opinion about the temperature. I'm just like, Oh, it's 60 today or, oh, it's going to rain today, right? Knowing the temperature allows me to know how to get dressed, right? Do I need to wear long sleeves? Do I need to bring an umbrella? You know, do I need to wear closed toe shoes versus open toe shoes, right? It's, I just look at the information and I use it to make decisions throughout my day. I don't think, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to bring a jacket today. And you know, if I'm going to bring a jacket today, I'm probably going to have to wear a jacket for the rest of my life. And, and, and I'm never going to be able to wear a cute tank top again, because I'm always going to have to cover up with a jacket. And this is just going to be terrible. And I, I'm really terrible at picking out jackets and on and on and on and on. I'm just like, oh, I need a jacket today. That's interesting. Or, oh, I need my umbrella. Okay, good to know. That's it. Right? But what if we could do that with the scale? What if we could just say, oh, that's interesting. I, you know, might have to listen to my hunger fullness cues a little bit more closely today. Or, oh, that's interesting. Uh, I guess what I'm doing is working. I'm, let me see what I did yesterday and maybe try to repeat some of those habits and then move on. But we don't do that. We, we obsess and obsess and think about food and our meals and we're eating one meal and thinking about the next meal instead of just taking one piece of information and moving on. So I wonder if you struggle with that too. I know I did for a really long time. Now, there are definitely some limitations of the scale. Uh, at Body Metrics, we do body composition screening. I much prefer that over just a regular digital scale because it tells you the composition of your weight. So the limitation of a regular bathroom scale, it doesn't account for muscle mass, right? When you are working out or strength training or exercising, your goal is to increase lean tissue, right? Increasing your lean tissue increases your metabolism. So if your goal is weight loss, it would make sense to increase your lean tissue. But muscle weighs more than fat. And so when you are exercising, you might find that your scale weight goes up. Now your body fat is not going up, but your overall weight is going up based off of the composition. Uh, the other thing is water, fluid shifts right, are also part of the deal. When you're weighing yourself, you might be looking at what you had 
the night before and how it influenced. Meaning, did you have a high salt meal the night before and your body's retaining more fluid? Did you have more carbohydrates in your meal last night? And now your body is holding on to some of that fluid to digest the carbohydrates. Remember, for each gram of carbohydrate you eat, you bring in three grams of water to digest it. So you're not seeing the scale go up because you gained weight, you gained fat. You're just seeing a fluid shift, right? And let's be honest, your weight will always be in flux, whether it be what you ate, how long it's been since your last meal, fluids, hormones. Like if you're listening to this and you're a woman, you've got no shot at being the same weight every day, multiple times a day. It's just not going to happen. You will never be the same weight twice in a day. It's like blood sugars. They're constantly moving. So is your weight. And that is normal and it is okay. So I personally prefer looking at a body composition screen over a scale weight because it tells me, you know, are your workouts or are your eating habits moving you in the direction of your goals? That's it. Plain and simple. Um, I... I personally just, I don't like using the scale. It's one way to check, but I don't think it's as helpful as some other tools that we have available to us. All right. So here comes the question. How do you know if you need to get rid of the scale? I want to give you five tips or five things to consider when you're asking yourself, should you weigh yourself on a regular basis or, or not? Question number one is what does your mood say, right? After you get on the scale, what is your mood afterward? Did you assign meaning or worth to the number? Is your mood holding you back from doing things later on in the day, like eating or swimming with your kids or being intimate with your spouse or partner or speaking up at work when you have an idea or hanging out with friends, does the number on the scale prohibit you from doing any of those things? Does your mood prohibit you from doing any of those things? That's a really good indicator that maybe the scale isn't in your best interest. All right. Those are the things that we check for. I know for me, when I was weighing myself very often, I noticed that my mood was never, was never great. Like, especially if the numbers went up, I would be really upset. But if the numbers went down, my next thought was, oh, I get to celebrate. And so I quickly learned that no matter what, I lost. <laughs> I, w- I see a number I like. I was, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I was... Oh my goodness, my brain is not working today. Uh, I wanted to eat. Let's just call it that. If I saw a number I liked, I've had this desire to eat because I wanted to celebrate. And if I saw a number I didn't like, I wanted to eat because I was depressed. So either way, I lose. And I realized, all right, this isn't working. Just don't use this as a tool of measurement. All right. If you do choose to weigh in, you note you notice that your mood is okay. You notice that you can look at it objectively. I do have a few tips for you. All right. So number one, only weigh in once during the day. 
Uh, if you're going to ask my opinion, I do prefer weekly over daily. Um, but if you do decide that you want to continue to weigh on an everyday basis, um, once a day, never more. If you want to do it early in the morning, fine. Um, but do not weigh yourself in the morning and then weigh yourself again at night. Again, there will be fluid shifts. There will be hormonal shifts. There will be shifts based off of what you ate during the day. That, that is not helpful to continue to weigh yourself multiple times. All right. Um, if you weigh yourself daily, you're going to see every shift. You're going to see every water shift, every hormonal shift. Um, and it can set you up for disordered eating patterns. So really being honest with yourself and noticing, um, is this a, a point in any time that we need to adjust the frequency? All right. Um, number two, choose the words that's interesting. Okay. So the only two words you're allowed to say when you get on the scale, if you're one of my clients, is that's interesting. Meaning, don't assign meaning that doesn't belong there. Right? Your thoughts are so powerful. I mean, you can tell yourself, it doesn't matter. I just want to see it. And then your next thought is, yeah, but it really does matter. Right? That's not changing your thoughts. That's trying to manipulate yourself. Right? So if you are having a whole bunch of thoughts that aren't helpful, true, or kind, then we need to minimize the frequency of how much you weigh in. All right? Don't make this mean anything. Just tell yourself that's interesting and move on. All right. If you are going to weigh yourself, I would prefer that you use additional checkpoints. Don't, don't let the scale be the only form of measurement to your progress. So, you know, for some people, they do like taking measurements or they like taking pictures or they like to assess their energy levels, their sleep patterns, their behaviors around food. Those are much better indicators of success than just a number on a scale. All right. Number four, continuously ask yourself if weighing in is helpful. Like I said, for me, it was kind of like a lose-lose. So at that point, it wasn't helpful for me to continue doing it. And so I just stopped, right? Um, and number five, come up with a plan of how you're going to talk to yourself afterwards, no matter what. No matter if the scale goes up or down, you have a plan and you have to stick to the plan. So a couple different things that you could say after you get off the scale. I know I told you to say that's interesting, but um, one thing you could say is, I'm proud of all the things that I did yesterday. And then list out the things that you did to improve your health, to remind yourself of why you're doing this. Um, the second thing that you could say to yourself is, all this number proves is what my gravitational pull on the earth is at this moment in time. This isn't a measure of health. It isn't a measure of my worth. It's just a measure of the gravitational pull. A uh, third thing you can say is, I can use the number on the scale to help me make food decisions in the future. Kind of like the temperature thing, right? I can take this information and I can just look at it objectively and have it help me make decisions. But again, it does not define my worth or my value or my effort. And number four, uh, sustainable, permanent weight loss takes time. And I'm done with crash diets that don't put me in a position to be successful. 
So using one of those four sentences after you get on the scale can also be helpful. Directing your brain how to think and how to uh, respond is a very powerful tool so that you don't just get stuck in these repetitive, unhealthy, unhelpful patterns. All right. So listen, I was really, really, really anxious the day Jim got rid of the scale, but it ended up being the best thing for me. And a lot of my clients, when they get rid of their scale, they realize that it's so much better for their mental health as well. Remember, health is not just the physical realm, but mental and emotional as well. And all three need to be in balance. All right. If you've got physical health, but you don't have emotional health or mental health, you don't have health. And that's not to say that any of these are on, you know, all three will be on point all the time. But if one is suffering so another can thrive, that is not health. You know yourself better than anybody else. You know in your gut what you need to do, right? If the scale is holding you hostage, break up with it. And it doesn't even have to be for forever. Maybe you just take a three-month hiatus and you just say, let's do an experiment. I want to check in on my mental health if I don't weigh in for the next three months. All right. And if you decide that you want to continue weighing in, you know, maybe changing the words that you say to yourself after you get on the scale can be a helpful step in the right direction. All right. That is our topic today. I want to give you your recipe. It's actually something I just came across online and I think they're delicious. So it is a healthy chocolate peanut butter cup. All right. So for this recipe, you're going to need a cup and a half of a powdered peanut butter. So I like using PB Fit. You can also use PB2, either one. Uh, You're also going to need a four ounce cup of applesauce. So if you go to the grocery store and get one of those little single serve cups, that's about four ounces. And you're going to mix the two together until it forms a dough. You're going to take that dough and divide it into little pieces. If you want to make them in the shape of peanut butter eggs, you can do that. You can turn them into round balls. Really, whatever your preference is. Um, And then you're going to melt some dark chocolate chips in the microwave uh, for about a minute, stirring halfway through. And you're going to dip the peanut butter into the dark chocolate. And then go ahead and place them on a parchment-lined baking sheet and stick them in the refrigerator for about an hour and a half, two hours until the chocolate sets. Um, Alternatively, you could throw it in the freezer if you want to eat them faster. But they are a great, healthier alternative to chocolate peanut butter eggs and um, even give you a little bit of protein along with it uh, without all the extra sugar because you're going to use applesauce too. So... Thought you might really like that. If you make it, let me know what you think. All right, guys, that's our topic for today. As always, thank you so much for joining us, and I'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish Eat Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricshealth.com. You can also find us on socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Bodymetrics Health. The book Nourish Eat Repeat is available on our website 
and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrian Delgado, and I'll see you next week.